Y'all, today's episode, I am talking to Tasha Booth, and we are talking all about those income plateaus. You know, when you hit that certain amount of money, and you are just stuck there. But we're also talking about the good income plateaus. So this is not all about the negative. And if you're just starting out, don't leave me. Check this episode out. Welcome to the Serve Scale Soar podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs scale their online business to five-figure months so they can soar into six-figure years. Your host, Brandy, is a wife, mom, and in less than one year, created a six-figure business. And now she is spilling all her secrets so you can too. Serve Scale Store family. I am so excited because today I have a very special guest with me. I have Tasha and I've actually been on Tasha's podcast before I even had a membership, which is so crazy to think about. And now we are having her on our podcast, which I'm so excited about. And we are talking all about income plateaus. So this is going to be a really, really good one for your business, whether you're just starting out or you already have a successful business running. And Tasha, before we jump in, I would love for you to just tell my audience like who you are as a person because it's not all business in here and then your business of course absolutely well first of all thank you so much for having me i'm so excited to be here and talking about this with you so i live in tucson arizona with my husband scott we're actually moving soon to albuquerque new mexico um he is air force um he's a major in the air force and so we're moving for his job but i'm super excited about the move i also am a puppy mom to two adorable dogs and a stepmom to two adorable girls they're 13 and 11 years old and i love karaoke that's something that you should know about me <laughs> <laughs> yes. I am not a karaoke fan. Like that, I'm like the fun police. So I am not a karaoke fan. <laughs> the fun I police. love that you are. <laughs> yeah. And then um, on the business side, I own the Launch Guild, which is a course and podcast launch agency. We help um, establish coaches and course creators with all things launches and also system setups and migrations. And then I also coach and mentor virtual assistants, online business managers and project managers on how to start growing build their businesses. I love that. I love that. And I love that your agency is so niched down in what you do. I'm all about niching it down. And I love that y'all are so specific. And of course, I love my launches. So I love that (laughs) y'all are doing that. We love our launches too. Yeah. (laughs) So before we jump into the income plateau, I did not realize you were... Once I was reading your bio, I did. But for some reason, I didn't like put it together before that you are a military wife. Mm-hmm. And so can you tell me about like how you started your business? Was it because your husband and you were moving around or did that play a part in it? Yeah, it definitely played some part in it. Not as much as other Air Force wives or military wives that I've seen before. But I did, I was really lucky that when we moved from Albuquerque to Tucson, we were in Albuquerque before we were here in Tucson, that when we moved, I actually was able to move my job at the YMCA. I was an executive director for two YMCAs for their health and well-being programs. And it just so happened that the same job opened up in Tucson as we were moving. So I was able to move my job and move it really easily. But what I found was that like in, you know, your income basically plateaus, we're going to be talking about that, but your income definitely plateaus when you are in um, a nonprofit or even just in corporate. So I kind of started my job with number one, the understanding that I knew that like we had a deadline and that we were going to be moving somewhere else in the country and like 
I was going to have to start all over again when we did that, but also just wanting more income for me and my family. So when did you start your business and did you know going into it that you wanted an agency? No, no. So I'll answer your first, your second question first. So I definitely didn't know that I wanted an agency. I started in late 2016 um, and then started like full-time in 2018, but like I was transitioning to full-time like most of 2017. And I decided that I wanted an agency because as a virtual assistant, so I started out as a, you know, solopreneur VA and as a VA, I was getting so many clients that were coaches and course creators, and I loved the tech pieces. I loved the strategy of it, but I knew that I couldn't be everything that they needed, right? I couldn't be their Facebook ad strategist and their copywriter and their social media person, you know, all of the things that they need for a launch. And so my thought was, why not create an agency where we can have experts who can do all of those things and work together as a cohesive unit? So it was probably early 2018 that I decided to go the agency route. Okay, perfect. So do you mind me asking? Yeah. And say no. <laughs> you do mind me asking. You already know what I So how much were you making per month before you took on like your sub- first subcontractor? I took on my first subcontractor when I was making around 8000 a month. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the answer I was hoping for. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I love about us is like, you are like full agency model, like scale with a profitable agency. And I'm over here like scale without hiring yeah. a team, without an agency. But the thing that I love about you is that you waited till you had that consistent income, the 8,000. I think that's the big thing is people jump into agency model when they're making like $2,000 a month mm-hmm. and you just don't have the profit margins to run an agency at that point. So I think that's the big disconnect is people, I'm not against hiring a team. I have a full team, but (laughs) I am against people jumping in before they're actually ready for that. I totally agree. I have so many people come to me and they're like, I want to start an agency. I'm like, awesome. Tell me about your business. And they're like, I don't have a business yet. I just want to skip that part and just start an agency. And I'm like, uh, no, that's not the way that it works. Cause there's so much that you learn as you're going and as a solopreneur. And also, yeah, like you were talking about with that profit margin, that just doesn't come overnight. And having an agency is a totally different thing than, than being a solopreneur. So yeah. Okay, perfect. Now we'll jump in. So you answered all my questions that I wanted to know, but now the listeners are tuning in because they want to know about income plateaus. So tell us what is an income plateau? Yeah. So the first thing I want everybody to know is that income plateaus are not necessarily bad things. I think that when we think of a plateau, we think of like, oh, it's a dirge. Like I'm not getting where I want to be. Right. So an income plateau can be something that is built into your business because a lot of times what I see is that people are growing and growing and growing, which feels like a good thing until the wheels kind of start falling off the bus. Right. So if we are strategic about where we put our income plateaus, it can actually work for our business. We can put those safeguards in so so that as we're growing, we also have time where we stop, we reevaluate our pricing, our packages, we reevaluate things like our teams and our systems and make sure that everything's working cohesively so that when we're ready to climb into scale again, it's not a mess, right? And so that is a good in- income plateau. A bad income plateau is when you are feel like you're doing the right things or feel like you're doing the things that you're quote unquote supposed to be doing and your income is not growing and you have a goal of growing that and are trying to be strategic at growing that and it's not happening for you. So those are the differences in income plateaus the way that I describe them. 
I love that because I think about, and it wasn't really a plateau, but when I was looking to go from $6,000 a month to scale, I had to back down to 4000 So I opened up that room to create the systems and to learn a new skill, Facebook ads, in order to have that growth. So I always tell people like slowing down isn't a bad thing, but it does become a bad thing when you want to grow and you just can't. So when do people, you work with a lot of like service providers. Mm-hmm. So when do you usually see like the bad income plateaus happen? Yeah. So I usually see the bad income plateaus happen when there is a disconnect and that disconnect happens in three different ways. Number one, marketing and visibility. <laughs> so they have kind of outgrown what they can do in terms of growing their business with just word of mouth or just the people that know them more intimately. Right. So like friends, family, that sort of thing. Number two, capacity. So they like, they literally don't have any more hours left in the day to be able to work and to have more client availability. And then number three, skill building. So they don't have, they maybe have a skill that isn't as marketable on a higher level, like Facebook ads or copywriting or social media or something that is their specific specialty for them as a service provider that fewer people have that as a skill. Those are usually the three places where most of the time when people are having income plateaus and like I look at, you know, or I ask them like to evaluate what's going on in their business, it's usually one of those three things or a combination thereof. Okay. So if I came to you and I said like, Hey, Tasha, I'm like super stuck and it's my pricing. I feel like it's my pricing. Are these people usually charging hourly or are they on packages? Is it like a mixture? Yeah. So great question. So it's usually that they're charging hourly. And as we know, like there's only a certain number of hours in the day, right? So even if we were to, let's say max out our week at 40 hours, eventually you're going to be at that 40 hours. If you're really good at what you do and you can either charge more right per hour, or you can change your pricing to not be hourly anymore. If you charge more per hour, then like, probably six months down the road, we're going to be having this conversation again, right? And eventually, normally, we get to a place where the market just decides, like, there's a tipping point. They're not going to pay more than, like, you know, the however many dollars per hour that you're charging. Yeah, I love that. Because I always... I'm like, if you're charging hourly, you're, like, penalizing yourself. Because you can never get better (laughs) at your craft. Because if you get better, you actually take a pay cut. So it's crazy not to be on those packages. Yeah. I, love I use this. I use the same example with everybody. Yeah. With all my students. <laughs> yeah. So the lesson in here guys is get to packages ASAP. Yeah. Stop charging hourly. So, okay, perfect. So when do you usually see people experience the good plateaus in their business? Mm-hmm. So the good plateaus in their business are what business owners that are savvy about how they are building their business and intentional about how how they're building their business, that's when we have good income plateaus. So for example, at the Launch Guild, every probably, I would say four months, we kind of slow the boat down and I'll go on our website. And even if we have the capacity to maybe take on a couple more clients, I'll move that, you know, our lead capture form to like the next month or the two months from now and and like open up a wait list of some sort. And the reason for that is 
that gives us the opportunity to, once again, like I said, look at our systems and figure out, like talk to my team and say, okay, what's working? What needs to be better in terms of things? And it also gives me the ability to just allow for a break, right? So when we're not allowing for those natural breaks and where we're constantly going up, it's also usually that place where we start to burn out. Um, so we want to look for the opportunities. Like, is it maybe the summer and you don't want to, don't want to work as much, you know? So you can, you can basically put those income plateaus in, in strategic places to kind of slow yourself down. Even if you feel like you could keep your foot on the gas. Oh, I love that because I call that white space. Like we want yeah. white space in our calendar and I am the queen of not having white space. And I don't wear that as a badge of honor. It is a work <laughs> in progress. Me and, too. Yes. And so I love that. We all need a little bit more white space, but I know people are thinking, okay, but if I push out my calendar, then I'm not making as much or I'm not growing and that feels really heavy. So mm-hmm. what would your response to them be? Yeah. And I think that it's an opportunity for you to do your business in a different way so that when you come back, you come back stronger. And I'm not saying like you need to let go of all your clients, you know, for two months. Like that's not it. Even like continuing what with what you have. So if you're already making 8,000, just be okay with that 8,000 for a couple months. Sure up your systems, maybe learn some new, new techniques or maybe learn some new systems that you could use, create a new high ticket offer, right? Increase your prices, do those things when you have the space because you're not actively pursuing and taking on new clients. And then when you come back, you have new pricing. So now you don't need to work as much for making the same amount. You have some new offers for some new clients. And it normally 99.9% of the time ends up working in your favor to the point of where once again, in another four to six months, you're probably going to have to do the same thing and reevaluate that next level of your business. I love this because I can think about every time where I've like taken a step back in my business and just had some breathing room, Mm -hmm. we come back so much stronger. And that's me as a solopreneur. Cause even y'all, as we're doing this, my Facebook ad business is just me. The course membership, that is the full team. But as so this works with agency models. This works if you're just by yourself. And I think about it. And every time I just take a little breather, It's like, we have time to think about the holes, like what systems need to be replaced? Where can I show up better marketing? How can I like really scale this business? What am I passionate about? I talk about working from your happiness level all the time. And if you're always on the gas, you are not happy. There's no way, like no way can you be happy. And I love the part that you said about like the visioning, you know, like figuring out what your vision is and what you really want for the next level. I'm a huge advocate of having CEO days built into your business and built into your business model because as service providers, we work so hard on our clients' businesses and we so often forget about our own businesses. And then what ends up happening is like our clients have awesome businesses and a year from now we're like, wait, but why is mine the same? Right. And a lot of times it's just that you didn't make a decision to to focus on what needed to be focused on in your business. So building in those times and those seasons to not take on as many clients, to relax in some ways and and hit that plateau on purpose allows you the time and the space to be able to be like, okay, well, what, what do I want this to look like, right? 
I love that. So you have CEO days. I call them get them done days. So uh, what are you doing these like weekly, monthly? What does yours look like? Yeah. So mine are Mondays and Fridays. And um, I think it's a combination of like a CEO day and a get them done day. So what I like to do is on Mondays, because Mondays, you know, like I've already taken the weekend, I come back really fresh. That's my content creation day. But it's also just internally to do any internal things in terms of like project management internally for any new programs that I'm starting or anything like that. And then Fridays, usually I use for looking at what needs to be either planned for the following week and or like looking at the metrics and figuring out like what we need to do differently or, or what's working really well in terms of metrics. So yeah, I kind of like to bookend those. <laughs> okay. So as the queen of gas or pedal to the metal, whatever it is, you will be happy to hear this, but I have officially been taking off Fridays, like not working Fridays. So I work four day work weeks. So we do get them done days. It is once a month in my soaring inner circle mastermind. And it's a day that you are not allowed to touch your client's anything. Like you are not allowed to ask me questions about clients. You are not allowed to touch your client work. It's about focusing on those things that you're super passionate about. So if that's creating a course, group coaching, Matt, like whatever you want to do, or maybe it's just a course you want to go through that you haven't had time to do. We set those days aside and called get them done days. And those are also days that I participate in once a month as well. Yeah. I love that. We do something similar. We uh, do twice a month co-working with, with booked in balance. And my only rule for them is like, you cannot bring client work. Like it needs to be that you're working intentionally in your business, right. And on your business instead of client business. I love that. I love that. Okay. (laughs) Do you have any final thoughts on, I want to shift gears just a little bit, but do you have any final thoughts on these income? Oh, I guess we need to talk about how do you break through these plateaus? (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So if it's a marketing, like let's break down the three different kinds of income plateaus with three reasons normally. Right. So if it's a marketing and visibility thing, where are you showing up and how are you showing up? Right. If you are not showing up as the business owner, and letting people know who you are, what you do, and who you serve, then you have a really expensive hobby. <laughs> you know, it sounds harsh, but that's what it is. And so I think a lot of times, especially what I see in service providers, VAs, OBMs, PMs, is that we're so used to being in the background that we forget that that works when we're working in our clients' businesses, but not when we're the CEO of our own business. So we need to step out from the shadows and decide how do I want to show up and where do I want to show up and be intentional about that. Be consistent about your visibility and your marketing strategy. And it's not that you have to spend hours per day on it, but it's that your clients, your ideal clients need to know where they can find you and that you're going to show up consistently on those, those channels and those um, modalities. And I think when, when that happens, like it's not an overnight thing, but definitely it clicks. I was talking to one of the ladies that's in one of my programs. She started as a VA probably about a year ago at this point. And she kept saying to me, Tasha, this isn't working. Like you're telling me to like go into Facebook groups, talk to people and like post on my social media and it's not working. I was like, how long has it been? She's like two weeks. (laughs) I'm like, uh, how about you try like two months and then come back to me, you know? And by that two month mark, people had started like connecting with her and like seeing her in those same social media channels and everything. So make sure that you're doing the right things and being consistent. So that's the first one. 
Real quick, I think yeah. that that I think it's so important that we address that it is a process because we implemented inside Surf Scale Store, we implemented a 30-day, I call them marketing minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, and we'll link up the episode active versus passive marketing, but I call them marketing minutes. So we have the 30-day challenge and people see, a lot of people drop out after like 15 days. Yeah. And it's the people that get to the 30 that have so much momentum that once they hit like 35, 40, they're like booked out with clients. A lot of people are just like, they don't want to continue doing the part that's not fun. It's not the sexy part. (laughs) Like it's not. And so they drop out. And I think that's so important that you just like said that. And I just wanted to emphasize that to everyone. Like it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't. And I'll tell you this other story real quick. So I had another client in April and she was like, she had dried up on discovery calls. Like she did not have a good pipeline of discovery calls coming in. And I said, okay, we are going to go 150% all in. Your task in April is to reach out to a hundred people. And I don't mean just like to, you know, have a conversation or like comment on somebody's Facebook something. I want you to reach out. I want you to get them in DMs. You know, I want you to start conversations with a hundred people. And she was like, this is a lot, but I'll do it. And now she's, her pipeline's back up. She's consistently getting 20 to 30 discovery calls per month because she's, she did that work back in April, you know, and she's starting to see the fruits of her labor now a couple months later. I love that. Okay. So take me to step two. Okay. So capacity. So we kind of already talked about this, but when it's a capacity issue, you either need to raise your rates, right? Because clearly if you're at capacity, you're good at what you do. And so if people are going to pay you, let's say $25 an hour, they're probably going to, there's going to be people that'll pay you $35 an hour. (laughs) So raise your rates (laughs) Um, and or change to packages where you are compensated for the deliverables and the excellence that you provide instead of for being a person in a seat at a desk for a certain amount of time, right? Because that's what really the majority of our clients care about. They care that we're doing excellent work. They don't care how long it takes us. So make sure that you are pricing yourself accordingly for that. So that's number two. And then number three is skill building. So sometimes in the skill building one, this has to do with imposter syndrome. Sometimes, right? So we just need to own and accept that we are experts in what we're doing and charge accordingly for it. Other times, it's a matter of we need to go get a course on Facebook ads or social media management, and we need to learn that skill and perfect it and become excellent at it so then we could then charge premium for that service. So I think in the skill building thing, first of all, we're all we should always be learning, but sometimes it's a matter of, okay, my income is slowed down right now. This is an opportunity to learn a new skill and to do something that not everybody and their mother is doing and, you know, increase my capacity to be able to charge for it also. And I think the other part of this that's so important, by the way, if anyone needs a Facebook ad manager course, I know a great one, but (laughs) it's called conversions for clients. Um, But I also think that it's really important that sometimes we think that we're going to solve our problems by purchasing a course Mm -hmm. and nine out of 10 times, it's not the course that solves the problem. It's like us. 
Yeah. So there are times like Facebook ads. If you don't know how to run Facebook ads, you got to take a course to learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. But then there's things like social media management. Don't go out and buy every single like social media management course. You probably already have the skills inside of you because you've been running your own. You've been running clients. You don't need certifications to be an OBM or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like more likely than not, you care way more about that certification than any of your clients do. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you yeah. work with OBM. So tell yeah. me about that. Cause I'm very like passionate about how, and I don't know your take on this, but yeah. I'm like, you do not need a certification. <laughs> no, I agree that you don't need a certification. I, half of the OBMs on my team have a certification and the other half don't. And it's really more, I want them to show me that they have the skills to do what we need them to do, that they can create an amazing project, you know, project plan. And so if they're not a certified OBM, it's not like a ding off, you know, off of uh, their potential getting to work with the launch guild. I will say that I, I feel similarly to you that I think often the people that need, and I'm saying this in air quotes, but need the certification, it's for them to feel good and, and feel like they know enough. And what I found is that even after they still don't feel like they know enough. You know what I mean? Right. So the only time, and I'll preface this because we've went back and forth and I'm saying this, but don't hold me to it. We've been back and forth about doing a certification for conversions for clients, Mm -hmm. not for the fact that I see that there's an element of like confidence that it gives people, but not so much that, but for me to be able to put my name behind those people, right? because I am not someone who's putting my, like going to vouch for you just because you took my course. It's more of like, I have to know that you know what you're doing. Anyone mm-hmm. can take a course. So I think that if there is something on the back end where someone's going to like, you're going to get on a registry or something like that. And it's a potential for getting clients. Yeah. I see a lot of value in that. I'm currently going through a certification course for funnel building. I know how to do funnels. I could do funnels in my sleep, but I can see the potential of income that will come on the back end of that certification. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. Yeah. So that was totally side note, but I'm like so passionate about certifications. I'm like, you do not need them. So this was so good. Do you have any final thoughts about income plateaus? No, I think we hit it all. Okay. We were going to talk about signature services, but we went a little over. So I'm going to jump into, we'll have to have you back to talk about that. (laughs) So I want to go into a little bit of rapid fire real quick. This is not like the first word that comes to your mind. Just the first phrase. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Got it. I think I'm ready. Okay. What's your favorite part of your business? Um, Connecting with people. I love that. Like clients, your team, like, or just everyone. Just everyone. I like that. Where's your favorite place to market your business? Right now, Instagram. I'm not sold out on it. I'm not sold out on it. But a lot of people in surf sales are like, Brandy, Instagram. And I'm like, "Mm, there's faster ways. But I love that you said that. And I thought that was going to be your answer, which is why I asked. Okay. So what is your favorite tool or software that you can't live without? Um, Kartra. Because my entire life is in there. And if I ever have to move, I'll be sad. <laughs> so for anyone that doesn't know, Kartra is like a Kajabi or ClickFunnels, like it houses your courses. Do you run your emails through there? I run everything. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So from your agency side, what is your favorite tool or software? Uh, probably Dubsado. Okay. Yeah. We're Dubsado fans yeah. up in here. <laughs> so I love that. Okay. So tell me your favorite virtual or live conference you've ever been to. Ooh, 
That's a harder one. So Tyler McCall had one. It was the accelerator. I think it was the accelerator. Was that what it was called? Something like that. For yeah. BBD or something? Yeah, for BBD, BBD accelerator. Yeah. And that was last, that was January. And I loved that. I love smaller group things. Um, and that was like 70 people. It was a perfect size that like you actually got to know people and like talk to them. Um, I'm not a huge like 3000 person gathering kind of thing. Yeah, podcast movement, me either. <laughs> it was big. It was too big. So Tasha and I met, like, we had already known each other, but we met in person at podcast movement, and it was just so many people. It was, like, very overwhelming. It was. It was a lot of people. It was a lot of people. <laughs> I do have a picture with Lewis Howes, though. So, there and Pat Flynn. And yes. Pat Flynn. So I'm, like, set. Okay, final question. What is the best piece of business advice you've ever received? Hmm. I was told by my coach that I was not that special (laughs) and she meant it in the most loving way possible. So she meant that I could hire other people to support my clients and they would treat them well the way that I do. (laughs) And yeah, and that was super duper helpful because I was getting over that like, Oh, everyone comes to me for me, you know, thing. And I needed to get over that. <laughs> I love that. I tell, I tell my Facebook ad managers that, but in a completely different context. <laughs> I'm like, anyone can run Facebook ads. What is like your niche? <laughs> so, totally different context. Hers was much more loving. So I appreciate that. Okay. So Tasha, this has been so great, but I want my listeners to connect with you. So what is the best way for them to just keep in touch? Yeah. So I am always on Instagram. Uh, so, but they can go to TashaBooth.com and my Instagram is the Tasha Booth because Tasha Booth was already taken. Um, and then on the agency side, it's the launch guild. I love it. So real quick, before we wrap this up, I just want to, one thing that we've always been able, I think to chat and respect each other is that, and I think it's important because right now, especially when there's so many people who are like, there's too much competition or they're already doing that, or I can't be friends with them. And I'm all about collaboration. And I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the conversations we've had is a lot of people would say, Oh, well, y'all are competition. And I've never seen you as that. I see you as a friend, almost like a colleague, like we in the same circles (laughs) and we both respect each other's business. And I think that that's just so important that everyone knows that it's, I always say that it's always relationships over revenue. When you Mm -hmm. build relationships, like through authentic relationships, the revenue will always come. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that there is room for us all. And I tell everybody that all the time, um, that there's room for us all. So, and we're, we are prime examples of that. (laughs) Yeah. And just so everyone knows, there's probably a lot of you that are listening right now that are both in Tasha's programs (laughs) and my programs. We share a lot of the same students. And I just love that there's no competition. It's just like, I want to see you succeed. And I'm sure you want the same for me. Yes, I I love that. Yes. (laughs) So thank you so much, Tasha. And everyone, make sure you check her out on Instagram and we'll link up all her links in the show notes. Thanks so much. Thank you. Y'all. Oh my goodness. That was so good. I just love chatting with Tasha. I felt like I was chatting with like my best friend and we were just having coffee. I love the directions that that conversation went and I'm excited for y'all to get to know Tasha so much better. Even if like you already know her, check out the podcast again. But here's what I know. We're all going to experience income plateaus at one point in our business whether we want to or we don't. 
But what I want you to do is see the positive in those income plateaus. So much good can come out of it when we have an income plateau because then we learn and we improve our business so we can move forward. So don't let those hold you back. So go on and check out Tasha. And when you're ready, check out my free training, how to scale to consistent $10,000 months without a team by going to servescalesore.com forward slash free. We'll see you inside. And until next week, go out, serve your clients, scale your business and soar into that six figure year you deserve. Thanks again for tuning in to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast with your host, Brandy. If you loved our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.